0: Praise the Lord and welcome to our Cross Time with Pastor Curtis broadcast every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time here from my office. And you can watch it live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. Some of you are uh, this morning. And you can always find it later on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And also on an app called Spreaker, you can get on your phone in my channel, is for those who have ears to hear. And I'm thankful for all the opportunities God is giving us to publish His Word, just to declare what He said in its righteous context as the truth it is that we might walk in the liberty and freedom of the One who gave us that liberty and freedom at the cross. His name is Jesus Christ, our soon-coming Lord and Savior, who is coming at any moment. At any moment, He's coming. And you know, if He doesn't come today, that only means one thing. He's coming tomorrow. Hallelujah. A couple of things I'd like to say before we dig into our second session in this third chapter of 2nd Timothy today. And that is that this, not this coming weekend, but the weekend of the 16th and 17th, Robin and I will be in Lima, Ohio and the peace family are traveling there as well. Uh, Brother James, his wife Amy and their uh, children Angel and Kevin will be there and they will be doing the music in our meetings there in Lima, Ohio. And again, that's the 16th and the 17th. On the 16th, Robin and I will be in the Hampton Inn there in Lima, Ohio. And the meetings are at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And then the next day, Monday, we will be at the Temple of Love, uh, the full gospel, Temple of Love Church, which is uh, Pastor Joe Compton's church, and the address is 713. 713- Edsel, E-D-S-E-L Avenue there in Lima, Ohio. And the service is at 11 a.m. that Sunday morning. So come out and be with us weekend after this next one, the 16th and the 17th. Drive in. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. And uh, we're just going to hear, I believe, some amazing things that are going to stir our hearts uh, to serve the Lord, stir our hearts and reveal even more light in His Word that He has in store for us in the days ahead. Praise God. One more thing, and that is this CD by Sister Angel, Peace. Uh, and again, they will be with Robin and I in Lima, Ohio next week. This CD, "I Surrender to the King." I'm I'm showing you this today. Uh, you can get this CD for fifteen dollars, and uh, you can either contact James and Amy Peace through social media, Facebook, uh, or you can donate through the church, and I'll make sure I let them know, and 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 we'll mail you a CD, and I'll give them the funds, of course, and. Uh, I was sitting here this morning listening to this CD and and this, one of the songs, there's ten songs on this CD. You will be, you will be beyond blessed to listen to the words of these songs that this young lady wrote. But I was listening to this song, number five on the CD this morning entitled, Planted Deep and it's like I was listening to the Lord speak to me about our mission in the days ahead. I begin to cry. Uh, That's not just really an often thing for me. Uh, I do cry a lot, but really the Spirit of the Lord really got a hold of me this morning as I listened to this, a song called Planted Deep, and it was like the Lord Himself was speaking to me about the future days of this ministry and and even the calling upon this ministry. And I just praise God for this young lady and her surrender to the Lord and her entire family and and what the Lord is doing through them again. The name of the CD is I Surrender to the King. If you want a copy, you can get a hold of James or Amy Peace through social media or you can donate uh, as you always do at the church at thecrosswaychurch.com and make sure you let us know your address and what it is you want or you can text your giving to... Uh, the number 903 231 5950 and make sure you just click on product but but we have several products so you're gonna have to send me a message you can email me at curtis hutchinson at dot or you can message me on messenger somehow let us know and we want you to we want you to have one of these just the, the price again is fifteen dollars we'll send it to you you will be more than blessed to hear the words saying in all of these songs. And we're so thankful for what the Lord's doing in her and her family's life and their their support for this great work. And again they're traveling all the way to Lima, Ohio. Uh, to be a part of the services, so we're praising God for them and what God's going to do in Lima, Ohio in the days ahead. God's already at work there. He's been at work there, but we just want to be an encouragement and a blessing in that region, and we know that God's going to do great and mighty things, even more so in the days ahead, and we praise God for that opportunity. So this morning, let's look at 2 Timothy Chapter 3, and we're going to be begin this morning when we, we begin. Well, since we're so close to the beginning of this chapter, uh, uh, let's, let's just... Uh, we're going to start there in verse 1, but let me, let me say some things first because this is where Paul begins to list the reasons for the perilous times and really those who are causing them. And God forbid we be a part of the peril that makes up the perilous times. But he's writing here about what's going on in the church. He's writing here about what's going on in the lives of those who claim to be godly because they are carrying about some form of godliness while they're denying the power. That means they're denying the way of righteousness which is the way of the cross. And We, we need to make sure that we're awakened in these last days and that we are not being sucked in through the lust of our own flesh into things that's causing the oil to be drained out of our lamps. And and listen, we don't want to be a part of the peril that's causing the perilous times, not what's coming, but that which is already here and only going to increase in the days ahead. The first mention of peril is lovers of self. The last mention of this list of of what makes these times perilous is lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. The peril brought about and all listed below is of course because, and it tells us, these are those who resist the truth. Now they have a form of godliness, but they're resisting the truth. And we know the truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. If Jesus taught us that when you know the truth, the truth will make you free, and in John chapter 8, 32 there, he's speaking of freedom from sin, and he claimed to be the truth who would free us from sin, but it's but it's not just Jesus. It's Jesus and his work at Calvary that frees us and keeps us liberated from the sin nature, from the guilt of sin, from even being bound under the works of of sin. So we need to understand that. It's not just Jesus. It's Jesus and what he did at Calvary that makes the truth experiential, applicable to our hearts. With, without the cross, Paul said you've got another Jesus. And there are many today who proclaim the name of Jesus. Many were there and and all in the flesh up in Washington D.C. and, and doing uh, uh, horrible things in the name of the Lord. Not everybody there. Some were there just to pray, some just to show their support for that which should be, I believe and I stand with them. But there were many of those who were in the flesh and assaulting even police officers in the name of the Lord. And they believe they're right and they believe they're doing things in the name of the Lord. So you you and I have to be very careful that we're not caught up in the peril that's making these last days perilous. We have a tendency just to look out and blame the peril on everybody else. I know how we are. And deception is deception. Never forget, deception means I don't know that I don't know. But I think I do. Deception, every person who's deceived, they don't know they're deceived. That's what deception's all about. So you and I can very well be deceived. And if we don't think we can, we already are. So, listen very carefully today because Paul begins to pour out the very look of what's going on with a spiritual name to it in the last days among those that claim God, claim godliness. Now, now we're going to watch this. And again, let me say this. And and let's start in verse uh, 1, and we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is part 2. And Paul tells Timothy and the folks there in Ephesus, and if you're a a believer of God's Word, it's to you and to me today as well, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We looked at, listened to last week's episode. We we defined the word perilous using the Strong's concordance, and and, 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 and it's not good. It's worse than bad. It's worse than awful. Perilous times has a definition that it's fiercely fierce. And and it's not just ugly. It's beyond that. It's not just bad. It's beyond that. It's not just evil. It's beyond that. And we're living in it right now. It's only going to increase but so is the light of the path God has put us on. Proverbs 4.18, I can't quote it enough. The path of the just shall shine more until that perfect day. That is, unto those who are on it. Everybody else, it's going to get darker and darker for them even if they've been born again, saved, bought with the blood of Jesus. If they don't stay on the way of righteousness, which is the path of of the cross, the way of the cross, then they're going to be all tangled up in the darkness that's out there and they'll still be claiming things that make them have a form of godliness but if you're not on the path of righteousness, my friend, even though you got saved one time, you're living with only a form and it's very dangerous. Very dangerous. And God forbid, let me say it again, that we be a part of the peril that makes up these last days perilous times. God forbid. Now, now, now it's happening. The church has fallen prey into all this stuff in our nation. And they think they're doing it for this reason, but but they're not. They've fallen prey to the lust of the flesh and they've been carried away. Some I know who used to be gospel-centered and and boy, just all about the, the great message of redemption, the message of the cross, and I don't hear it from them anymore. What I do hear is everything going on in the world. Well, they might as well just get them a news channel out there. I've got a news channel right here, hallelujah. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I believe the cross was enough. I believe the cross was enough to get me through this day with all the equipment of the Holy Spirit provided me that I need and I believe He'll do it for you too. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And I have to throw this in now. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said the things that were written of old were written for our admonition. I believe it's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 11. I-, I may be wrong about that. I think it's right. Jot it down, check it out later. But he says, whom the ends of this age have come upon. And that was written 1,900 years ago. You and I are living on fumes right now. We're living on fumes. Jesus Christ is about to step out on that cloud and that trumpet's about to blow and we're about to get out of here. At any moment now, we're about to leave. But, but times are going to be perilous and more perilous the closer we get to that taking place until it climaxes into the tribulation when we're gone and the, and, the, and the tribulation period starts the time of God's wrath, time of Jacob's trouble, when the Bible says the worst time the world has ever or will ever know. But we're we're moving toward that climax right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. We're moving in that direction. So don't wonder, don't wonder what in the world's going on. Well, the Bible says evil men will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. It's, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. That is for the world but we're going to have more light as we cling to the nail scarred hand and keep moving on the path the way of righteousness which is the way of the cross. Hallelujah. Don't let that go. For men, now watch this. We're going to start here today. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now we're going to cover every one of these but I want you to jump down to the end of verse 4 where he ends the list with this. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It's all wrapped up in that. A wrong ideal about love. A wrong ideal about faith. Because these folks, these folks have a form of godliness. Verse 5 says, but, but verse 5 also tells us to turn away from those who only have a form. They only have words but they have no fruit. They, they only speak things but there is no fruit. There, it, listen, where the power is being received, and make no mistake about it, the power the Bible says is the preaching of the cross. It's not what it's not what the church has made it today. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. No, the Bi- In the last days, you're gonna be hard pressed to find many Bible believers that just believe God's word says what it says and means what it says without our our own personal twist of wisdom involved in it. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. It also says that that same message is foolishness to those who are perishing. And that don't matter if they've got some form of godliness and they use the name of Jesus or whatever. Denying the power is denying Jesus and what He did at Calvary to be the answer for my initial salvation and my daily grace for the journey. So it starts out, the list does, of what's causing all the peril in the last day's perilous times. It's it's those that claim to be godly, but they're really loving their own selves. And again, the last one mentioned at the end of verse 4 is Loving pleasures more than loving God. Jesus taught it very clearly. Those that love me, obey me. And if they're not obeying me, they don't love me. He flat out laid it out in concrete, absolute form. And it's it's not that we never ever disobey Him, but hear me very clearly. We are moving in a direction, if our faith is in the right object, where our obedience to Him the one where from our obedience came through him there is an increase in our love for him our trust in him through faith in what he did for us and there is an increase of obedience we will never be perfect but there is either an increase and in growth in our obedience to him or there is a decline and a digression of in our disobedience to Him, or oh, we have all the right words to say, but our hearts are becoming farther from Him. We're either drawing closer to Him, and that has fruit, my friend. That has fruit for others to see. Or we're digressing. We're falling away. You can read Hebrews chapter, tw- uh, chapter 5 about a, a people of God who've been caught still on the milk. And I believe we've been mistaken about thinking that Christians can be on milk their entire lives. I think there is a picture there being given in the last portion of Hebrews 5 on into chapter 6 about a people being warned so they could be convicted and repent and get on with their growth in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through the becoming skillful in the words of righteousness because they were not. Or, or they will continue down that road to apostasy because they, they'd become slothful. They'd become uh, lethargic. They'd become uh, apathetic, lazy. And that's always a moral issue. People claim they're waiting on God. No, God has given us His Son, given us His Spirit, given us in these last days the truth of the cross to, to be able to grow <coughs> and not to be bound by the sin nature any longer. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. Hallelujah. And it's time to get up, wake up, and move on in the things of God. And we don't want to be found loving ourselves. Bible says in the very last days, those that get saved during the tribulation period, that they will overcome the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Their love was for the Lord and not their selves. See, that's what the message of the cross does. The message of the cross is the message of where self is put away and Christ is given preeminence. That's why Jesus taught, if any man come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. If our denial of self does not result in a faith in His work at Calvary, it's not a denial of self, that's biblical. The biblical denial of self results in a trust in the work of Christ at Calvary where we realize we self died with Him, had to be put away, and needs to stay put away, buried and kept away so that Christ can lead the new creation that I am in Him daily according to His will. So, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's the problem. Because if you continue through the list, you see covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural (coughs) affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. These are all rooted in self-centeredness. Lovers of self more than lovers of God. Lovers, if I love myself more than I love God, then I'm going to love to please myself more than I love to please God. We can say and cry tears all day long. But it's not going to work for you, friend, till you come with a broken heart back to the place where He saved you. Or if you've never been born again, today's your day. You're listening and you're lost. You're, <coughs> you're just, you, you thought this was right and that was right. The only thing that's right for you according to your Spiritual life, your salvation, is your trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and what He came to do for you as the Lamb of God to take your sin away, to forgive you and to daily deliver you from you so that He can teach you to daily deny yourself, reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto the sin nature and alive unto him and he becomes a greater value to you than you have of your own self. The church that we know today is teaching a high self-esteem. I heard somebody in Walmart today talking about how these people just need a a, a higher self-esteem. No, (coughs) self needs to be put away so that Christ can have the authority. And if you're listening to me today and you say, well, I I know what they're talking about. We do have to have some type of self-esteem. No, we don't. Self has to die. Self has to be kept out of the way. Self has to be denied. There's nothing good about self. What we have as the children of God is is the Spirit of God because we've been born again. And we can be led by the Spirit of God. And we need a high Christ esteem and not a high self esteem. (coughs) We need a low self esteem. But if you're not learning the way of righteousness, the way of the cross, then that low self esteem is going to be turned to destroy you. You need to have a low self esteem. Self has to be done away with and the only place that self is done away with is at Calvary. Your faith in the work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. So all of these things listed here are because really these people, we'll see it in a moment, they're resistors of the truth. They have a claim that they love God but they love themselves more than God. Let me say this. This is a wrong... This scripture shows us that there's some kind of misinterpretation and something going bad wrong in the last days with the topic of love. When it turns into feelings and emotions, and that's basically what it is in the church today. They've called me a hard preacher. Just need to love, folks. Let me tell you something. When love turns into just feelings and emotions, and it's not the truth being offered, if it's not if it's not loving you to care enough for you to help you along the way in truth to provoke you unto love and good works not just love but good works that are found in Christ listen we're in trouble there's a misconception in the last days there's a problem with our interpretation of love i've even heard preachers say you got to love yourself if you love yourself okay but do you love God more than you love yourself? Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus teaches us this, that we have to love everyone as he loved us. Are you okay today? I know, you know, folk who get mad when you talk about things like this are really, honestly, a part of the peril of these We need, we need to understand that. Are we still good? Okay. Are we still good? We, we need to understand that when we get angry at preachers point us to Calvary, pointing us to the way that calls for obedience to the Lord. Or are there something wrong with our love? Let me say it again. In John 14, Jesus said, Those that love me are obeying me. And those who are not obeying me, they don't love me. Now, I, I want you to understand that. Jesus taught that concretely Absolute. And let me say it again that doesn't mean that we never disobey the Lord because we do. But we are either increasing in our following and trusting and obedience to Him or we're digressing in that. Amen, Brother Curtis. So there's something wrong with the way the last days people who carry about the name of God maybe even say in Jesus. Paul said they would come preach other Jesuses by other spirits and try to, try to present other gospels that he said are not gospels. But there's a problem with the, the understanding in the last days among those that claim godliness of love. There's a misunderstanding of it. And we need to make sure we understand a little bit that we live by faith. We walk by faith. That faith is fueled by love, Galatians 5, 6. And that faith that's fueled by love, works by love, Galatians 5, 6, also has the fruit of love, Galatians five twenty two. And love is the way we treat others, but it is also empowered by the Holy Spirit according to our faith in what the Bible calls the power of God. These folks have a form of what appears to be right. And it's so deceptive today because it's 90% or higher of all that really is among really true Christianity. This, This love thing. But true godly love is behind faith. It fuels faith. But it's not our love for each other that fuels the faith. It's the love of Christ and His giving of Himself for us at Calvary. Paul declared it in Galatians 2 and 20 when he says, The life I live now in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me by that faith and gave Himself for me. Think about that. That's the love that fuels biblical faith. That's the love that has the fruit, that has love as its fruit. Let me say it again. The correct biblical application and understanding of love is that I love God because He first loved me. And I can love Him now with the love He shed abroad in my heart, Romans 5, 5, through my faith in what His Son did for me by love so that I can have the fruit of love. But if I don't keep my focus on what God did in His Son at Calvary for me every day, then I'm going to turn love into something it's not. And when I do, there is no other alternative except me beginning to only have a form of godliness, but I'm denying the power all in the name of loving everyone. I'm avoiding the message that would make people mad. Now I'm avoiding that which would really uh, bring about true repentance and times of refreshing, because this message rubs the hair on the cat the wrong way. Wait, listen, if if I turn away from preaching that which is truth, that which is right, and it's needed now more than ever, ever before, then I'm go- then I've got some wrong concept about love. And when I have a wrong concept about love, I'm going to be in this group. If I don't understand that God is love and He gave His Son for me because He loved me and Christ came and through that same love for us offered Himself for us. That's the love that fuels faith. The measure of faith that you and I have been given, Romans 12, 3. We've all, as the children of God, been given the measure of faith. That measure of faith has been measured out of the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. You need to know that. That faith, working by that love, is the faith and the love that we walk by. If that's not it, we're going to be in this group. We're going to be in this group. Now remember, the folks in this group, they don't know they're in this group. They think what they're doing is having a positive effect. They think that they're going the right direction. But really, they're the peril that's causing the perilous times in these last days. They're, they're lovers of their own selves. Man, if You, you don't have to look far to see people, the people of God, being disobedient in these last days in the name of what they, whatever they say, and they're, they are justifying their disobedience. Of church attendance, of, of giving other finances. We, we, we've watched people steal from God, steal from God. And let me tell you something, what happened to them? They're stolen from because God says and God can't lie and God can't be mocked at whatever we sow that we're going to reap. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are. What's whatever you sow that you will reap, guaranteed. So we all have a problem. Let me let me say this today. We all have a problem in all of these areas. We struggle in all these areas, but you and I hopefully you know that the answer Where all these things are dealt with and put away and we continue in victory over these things and they don't hold us and cause us to be a part of the peril of the perilous times of these last days is our clinging to the truth of Christ and Him crucified. Where these things do not dominate us, do not cause us to be a part of the perilous times, the cause of it, we don't want to be. And again, these things are among those that claim godliness. But they're denying the power. And let me say this today. If you're a part of a church that's not preaching the cross, and I'm not talking about preaching it and mentioning it every once in a while. They don't open the Bible and they don't point you to Jesus and what He did at Calvary, my friend. You're a part of what's going on there. There's a resistance against the message of the cross like never before because it's being preached again today like hardly ever before. I don't believe there's ever been a time in church history like there has been over the last 23, 24 years where the message of the cross. Churches have been planted all over the world now, not in huge numbers, but they're being planted even unto this day, raised up little storefronts, old cafes and in people's homes (coughs) who, who God has been able to bring back to the focus of His redemptive plan the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the power of God. <coughs> and, and if you're staying in a place that really don't want to go that way, then you're a part of their resistance. You're a part of their resistance. Lovers of self are going to be covetous. If I love myself, then I'm going to want to provide. I want everything they get, I want. If I love myself, I'm going to boast about myself. If I love myself, I'm going to be proud about myself and my accomplishments and all the years that I've put in and all the hard work I've done. And and, and the preachers right now, over the last several years, have been hearing this message. They they can't refute it scripturally, but they they refuse to admit they've preached wrong all these years. Not about salvation, but about sanctification because they've worked so hard and built too long to have what they have. Paul had to come to the end of himself and be willing to let all that go so that he could be found not having his own righteousness but that which is of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise be to God every day. Hallelujah. If I love myself... I'm going to live a life of blasphemy. If I love myself more than I love God, but I think I love God more than I love me, then I'm going to carry out blasphemous actions, blasphemous mindsets. If if love for self, if I have love for self more than love for God, then I'm going to be disobedient to my parents. Why do you think kids are disobedient to their parents? Because they're not thankful for their parents. Uh, Listen, they might say they are, but being thankful has a fruit always with it. Children think they know more than their parents. We've all been through that. We reach a place where we, we... Man, I've surpassed them by mile. That's what's wrong with this. One of the main things that's wrong with this nation now, this younger generation. They think we're just a bunch of old hats and they're talking about the Bible too. We don't need that old stuff. Man, we're moving on. Disobedient to parents. If I love myself, I'm going to be unthankful. What I got to be thankful to somebody else for? I love myself. I'm boasting in myself. I'm prideful. I'm I'm covetous. I'm, I'm unholy. Unholy. If loving self... Loving self has the fruit of unholiness. Holiness can't, listen, holiness can't be involved when I'm loving self. Self was put away at Calvary so I could become a, a new crea- self, not a new selfish creation in Christ, but a new creation in Christ created in righteousness and true holiness where now He's the head of my body. I'm a part of His body, hallelujah, and He guides me. And again, we struggle in all these things but when we sense the wrong leading, you and I know the truth to grab a hold of the truth of the cross that delivers us. And we begin to thank God that we again today can reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto all the sin that would come into our lives, the sin nature that would try to grab a hold of us and dominate us in these very things. How many times do you get mad because you don't get your way? Well, 90% of the time, what you're mad about is that somebody interrupted your plan. You didn't get your way. I speak from experience. I'm talking about myself. Maybe I'm talking to a bunch of holy people never get mad about anything but sin in the world. But I know when my plans get interrupted, no, I don't knock holes in the wall. But I, I, I'm i going to be honest with you. Uh, my heart, my, 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 you get angry about somebody interrupting what you had planned or, or telling you that your plan's not right or, or, or just all these things. I'm just being honest today. That's why we have to deny self every day, trust in what Christ did at Calvary every day so that we can be able to follow Him every day. The cross is the only answer to keeping self put away. So, also, lovers of self are going to end up being natural without Natural affection. Because they love themselves more than they love God. They love pleasing themselves more than they love pleasing God. Yet, yet, these are people that claim to be godly in the last days. And again, let me say it. I'm not condemning. I'm not judging this morning. But the reality is just look around. Every one of you know people who are Christians, but they're sliding away sliding away because they have a misinterpretation of love and faith and what it actually does. Faith works. Faith always works. It's not my faith isn't working. It's I'm not trusting like I need to trust. There's no such thing as my faith isn't working. I'm not allowing... Faith always works because Galatians 5, 6 tells us faith works. Ha, 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 Faith works. But it says faith works by love. And that's the love wherewith Christ loved us and gave Himself. So if you're having a bad day, you're feeling about as low as a, as a termite uh, under the rug in some old abandoned house, well, rise up Because it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to work for you. That measure He gave you. So that you won't think more highly of yourself. You won't be in love with yourself. You won't stand in front of the mirror for hours upon hours looking at the beauty that you think you are and that you actually may be in the flesh. But you need to get beyond self and you can't do that without trusting in what Christ did at Calvary so that you can die with Him by faith and live with Him daily by faith. Hallelujah. So if I'm loving my own self, I'm going to be eventually without natural affection because it's not about what, what anything other than what I want. I love myself. Truth breaker. I'll give you my word, but I'll break it because I have to... What, what are we here today? You have to look out for number one nobody else is going to. We all know what I'm talking about. If we're honest, we're going to break truces. We're going to sign deals and then we're going to just... Eventually, if I love self, it's all about self as long as it's benefiting me. But when I get bored with it and or I, I want to do something else now because I'm in charge, I love me. I'm, I'm the man. It's all about the meetings I have with me, myself, and I. Yes, it's a three-person meeting, me, myself, and I. And, and I, I, I jokingly tell Robin that all the time when she asks me to do something. I'll say, well, I'll have a meeting about that with me, myself, and I just joking around. But that's how we really are. And we'll we'll break a truce. We'll break it if we're not getting our way. If things aren't going the way I want it to be. Because listen, I'm in love with myself. Listen, I'm, I'm not being ugly, but we're gonna we're gonna false accuse people, man. Since we, I, people have false accused us. Have said that we've said things. Have said that we've done things. Mostly, it's they've said we've said things. And people have called my house and said, well, brother, uh, somebody told me you, you said, and I just want to know what you mean by that. I always say we make a CD of everything that I preach. Whether it's sitting here today, I'll make a CD when I'm done. Whether I preach on Sunday, Wednesday night, there'll be a CD. Mondays and Thursdays, there's a CD. And I tell everybody, don't listen to what they're telling you I said. Go listen to what I said again and you hear what I said. I've had people, man, they've been so jealous of our little old bitty ministry here. It amazes me of how jealousy can work. Of our little bitty ministry here, people can be so jealous, hatred can be developed in their heart. Every evil work can begin to take place in their lives. And I'm talking about preachers. Because they've given place to envy and strife. Oh, but they're doing it in the name of godliness. Oh, they're doing it in... in, in w- w- they think they're headed in a godly direction. Come on now. Lovers of self. Lovers, I don't care. They're preaching preacher and they're talking about the cross. Or talk, lover of self can be taking place in the midst of all that. A form of Godliness while denying the power. The power is a power that comes of the Holy Spirit when I'm trusting in the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. That's being preached. Not preaching it, but trusting in what I'm hearing preached. And it brings about change. It brings about fruit. It brings about preservation. It brings about the power to make it through when all these things are trying to grab a hold of us. Because again, i got to say it, we can all struggle in all of these areas. Just because you're saved don't mean you're walking through a a tiptoeing through uh, the tulips of holiness now. No, you, you and I have daily struggles. I don't care. Listen, I don't care who they are. How long they've been in ministry? They're attacked daily by their own flesh, by the world, and by the devil. And the greater they're being used of God, the greater the attack. You need to remember that. You're not alone in your struggles. You are not alone. There's a body of Christ out there that every person in the body of Christ is struggling. There are those who are learning not to be bound under the sin nature anymore through faith in the sacrifice of Christ, but there are still struggles in our lives. You're not alone, but the answer is one. Not two, it's one. It's Jesus and what He did at Calvary. If I'm in love with myself more than I'm in love with God and I want to please myself more than I want to please God, I'm going to false accuse folk. These are things that wouldn't be happening if I didn't love myself more than I love God if i if I didn't want to please myself more than I want to please God. But the answer's the cross it ain't I can't just sit here today and choose. I'm not doing that anymore. I hear people tell you, even songs on, on uh, a contemporary Christian uh, radio that say, just choose joy. just choose. You don't just choose joy. You don't just choose love, my friend. You choose to trust in Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the Holy Spirit gives you that joy that becomes your strength. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He gives you that peace just simply by trusting in His work at Calvary. <coughs> We will become false accusers if we love ourselves. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Man, people have despised me, other Christians, over the last period of some months and couple of years because I won't join their crusades. But I don't see them joining me in the gospel. And I'm not mad at them. I still love them with the love of Christ. I'm not going to condemn them, but they become upset with me because I won't jump on their bandwagon. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a will. And His will is for us to express Christ no matter how dark the world gets, no matter how wrong everything looks. We're still to express Christ. If you want the biggest example of that, look to the cross. That looked as wrong as it could possibly look. That was wrong. It had a look of wrong. There couldn't be anything right about hanging a man on the cross who could never be caught in an act of sin, who, <coughs> who could feed thousands of people with a hand, couple of handfuls of food, who could call people out of the grave and back alive. There's something wrong with that picture. Yet Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. Hallelujah. He endured that which was obviously wrong in the natural appearance because there was something going on behind the scenes that the princes of this world didn't know about, were being deceived by when Jesus was dying on the cross. The Bible says if the princes of this world would have known what was going on there, they wouldn't have even crucified the Lord of glory. Do you understand the reason God allowed the devil to have the power of death that we actually gave him in the Garden of Eden? The reason God allowed him to have the power of death is because God foreknew the devil would use it on his own self and destroy his own self by trying to bring death to the Son of God. It was Satan's greatest thrust. It was Satan's greatest attempt and the greatest horde of evil that will ever be known in this age of God dealing with men was his surrounding of Jesus Christ as he hung on that cross. You need to hear me. But there was something that was greater than the hordes of the devil and all the evil, the bulls of Bashan and all the things that the Word told us was happening at Calvary. That greatest darkness that there would ever be. Greatest thrust of satanic forces surrounded Christ on the cross. But there was a greater surrounding of God's love that conquered Everything that the enemy was attempting to do and even stole the power of death away from him so that you and I today could trust in God through faith in His Son Jesus Christ and the work of love that He did there by faith. Therefore, we know it's fueled by God's love because it was God... In Christ, reconciling us to Himself so that you and I could love Him more than we love ourselves. We could love to please Him more than we love to please ourselves. We could walk in that place and not be a part of the peril that makes the last day so perilous. We would have more than some form of godliness but we would have actually the outworking of the Holy Spirit bringing about godliness and righteousness and the fruit of holiness. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So if if I'm loving my own self then I'm going to be a traitor. I'll trade on you. I'll trade you. What do you think causes most all divorces among those that are truly Christian? They begin to love themselves. You say, no, it's adultery. Well, it started with loving myself and thinking I deserve somebody else. I love myself more than I love God. I love, I'm going to have to please myself on this one, God. I know it ain't going to be pleasing to you, but, but you know, I know I can be forgiven. I know how we are. Come on now, somebody. I'm just being real today. you got to trust the Lord. Do you really love the Lord? Obedience is the fruit of that love. Obedience is the fruit of that love. By the way, obedience is the fruit of what God's looking for because that's what happened that messed everything up in the Garden of Eden. We, in Adam, became disobedient. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 5 that we've received grace for obedience unto the faith. Think about that. If I love myself more than I love God, if I want to please myself more than I want to please God, I'm going to be heady. I'm going to be high-minded. Heady actually means reckless. My my, my life will be reckless. High minded actually means haughty. I'll be haughty. And the reason God gave all of His people that measure of faith, Romans 12 3 tells us, He gave us that measure of faith so that we wouldn't think more highly of ourself. There's that word again. Than we ought. But according, let's look at that this morning. We're getting close to the end of the broadcast. Let's look at Romans 12, 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, the Apostle Paul says, to every man that is among you, the church there in Rome, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but according to the measure, but to think soberly, the Bible says, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The only way a Christian, a lost person, can't think soberly, the only way a child of God can think soberly is according to that measure of faith that God dealt to us that keeps us from thinking more highly of ourself than we ought to, which proves that measure of faith will always point to where self was put away. Oh my goodness. The Lord is making this message, this gospel, His word more clearly understood today than ever before for those who have ears to hear, for those who desire to love Him more than their selves, to please Him more than ourselves. And let me say it again, we all struggle in this area, but that can't be an excuse. God is not going to accept any excuses. (coughs) He gave His Son so we could become His children. His obedient children. He knows (coughs) that we're not going to get it right all the time. But he also is not pleased when that becomes our excuse. Nobody's perfect. We're not there yet. The the devil will state the facts to you if if he knows it will keep you where you are and he knows who those are because they're not moving forward they're digressing. Remember, you're not standing still, my friend. You're either growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ or you're backsliding, you're digressing, you're moving away. And you can become mad at me for telling you that But I'm here to help you and to encourage you and to point you to the Word of God. We're living in a time that's so deceptive now. Look around. It's it's becoming more obvious now. You've got a nation, this nation, that's split half in two and they both think they're right in the eyes of God. Well, one thing's for sure. They both can't be right because you both can't be right If half of you's wanting to kill babies and think God's okay with it and half of you thinking that homosexuals and lesbians are are of God and there's nothing wrong with that, it's really not an abomination. You you, you can't be divided on those subjects and both be right and both be walking with the Lord. I hope somebody's being helped today, being stirred today, being convicted today. Because we still don't know everything, but we've been given enough information to be able to wake up and to repent and to come back to the place where everything is real with God. Not because I say it is. And let me say this, I don't love God because I say I love God. I can deceive myself if I'm in love with self more than I love God. I can cry tears and wallow around in the floor and deceive my own self. I love the Lord. Jesus said it. My Savior, my Lord. Those that love me are those that are obeying me. And listen, you can't walk in obedience unless your faith is in the one that became obedient for you unto death. And the Lord is looking for us, you and me, to become obedient to the one we came obedient through. We became obedient to Him the moment we trusted in Him. The Bible says in Romans 6, 17 and 18 that when we obeyed that form of doctrine, we were forgiven, made free of sin, and we became servants of righteousness. That was without any works on our part. He purged us from our sins by Himself. Are you okay today? But He's looking for the obedience, the fruit of that obedience. Let me say it again. The Lord is emphatically for sure at this very moment looking throughout all His people for those who will be obedient to the one they became obedient through. He approved you the moment you trusted in what His Son did for you at Calvary for the forgiveness of your sins. Yet He still tells us to study His Word to show ourselves approved unto God. God, every day in our lives, is looking, and I'm talking about the ones He's approved in Christ Jesus through their faith in what His Son did at Calvary. He is looking every day to see the fruit of our approval from Him on our lives because of our faith. He's looking for that. He's looking for that. Jesus taught uh, scary things in John 15 about every branch in Him that bears not fruit being taken out. And I know a lot of people turn that around and teach falsely. But that's it is what it is. It says what it says and means what it says. God's looking for His people to bear the fruit of what He's given them. What we have. And that's what we need to be learning. Amen. It's been a great broadcast today. I love sharing God's Word. I know not everybody's happy about it. I know not everybody's jumping for joy. But there is a remnant that will be. Those that favor God's righteous cause There's going to be a shout among them. Hallelujah. There's going to be rejoicing, the rejoicing of praise toward Him for those who are favoring His righteous cause. Glory to God. It's been a great Friday. Don't forget to tune in every Friday right here live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And again, you can watch these broadcasts on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can listen on the Alp Spreaker, And my channel is for those who have ears to hear. Don't forget about Lima, Ohio. We'll be there if you're living anywhere in that whole region. We want to see you at the Hampton Inn there in Lima on the 16th, which is a Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And we will be with Pastor Joe Compton Joe Compton there at his uh, full gospel temple of love there in Lima on that Sunday the 17th at 11 a.m. So come out if you're anywhere near. Don't forget to pray for us as we continue to publish the truth of God's righteous words. And don't forget to sow into good ground where God is pouring the truth into your heart and helping you see the light in a brighter way. You can do that